We're back! Welcome back to another episode of Fire the Cannon. I'm Hannah. I'm Rocky. And I'm Megan. And we are Fire the Cannon. Welcome back, ladies. We have so much to catch up about. We haven't talked in a minute. Well, we talk all the time, but (laughs) we haven't shared with our friends lately with the podcast. So um, we're going to catch up on where we've been. We're going to talk about your amazing trip to Omaha. We'll hear all about that and wrap up the incredible baseball season with the insanely positive projections for even next year. NIL happened, right? July 1st. We'll talk about how that's already affecting the players. All right. Preseason polls are out. We'll say whether or not they matter at all, but we'll chat about them. And Big 12 media days are coming up. And then the Olympics. We all love the Olympics. And we'll talk about our favorite Longhorns who are competing and our favorite sports and a little bit of the drama with Japan and weed. All right. (laughs) I'm excited about breakdancing as an Olympian. (laughs) I guess Richard Branson, is he in space yet? I don't know. But good morning to the ladies who didn't break their own legs last night. Um, (laughs) Good Lord. Ugh. (laughs) That's a way to I don't even, I don't even MMA. I mean. I'll catch it occasionally, but I don't really care, to be honest with you. But yeah, Rocky, you were the one that said logging onto Twitter this morning, and it's like the first five things you see are like these gruesome videos and pictures, and you're like, okay, mute, mute the word Connor, mute the word ankle, we're good. I don't need to see broken bones as I wake up in the morning. And I mean, you don't wish that injury on anybody, even if he is an arrogant jerk, you don't wish that on anyone. It was ugly. No. Ugh, I don't, that's painful. I guess, I don't know. That's just part of the sport. And you take that risk when you decide to be an MMA fighter, but yeah, no, Lord, don't me, assault the rest of our eyeballs. <laughs> well, it gave me flashbacks of, uh, you know, watching Dak get hurt. You know, again, oh, not a cowboy. You don't like awful. watching it. Yeah, it it was, it was pretty aggressive. So yeah, I mean, I hope the dude, I mean, there's a lot of speculation on if he's even going to return to MMA after this, like it was that bad. It's that bad. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't need the money. We know that. Doesn't need the money, but you know, he, he, uh, you got to say he is good for the sport, you know, love him or hate him to watch him. He's good for the sport for sure. So he loves it. It's something he's devoted his life to. And so, I mean, kind of sucks for whoever if they like have to go out that way instead of on their own terms you know what I mean right right. so we have been away because we've all been so busy 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 (laughs) like just life busy and let's catch up Megan how you been good and crazy I've got a million things going on it feels like uh you know in the middle of selling selling my property and moving to a bigger piece of property but uh you know it's been a little crazy but keeping my head above water. So trying to, trying to stay positive with all that, that Austin real estate market is just bananas as everybody knows. So yeah, that's, that's been fun, uh, dealing with that, but, uh, yeah, man, good. Like had a, had a fun trip to Omaha that we'll jump into in a minute. And of course, Rocky came to visit you out in Mexico, which was mm-hmm. amazing. So like I say, all in all, life is pretty good, man. Rocky, how is Mexico? Mexico is gorgeous and perfect and beautiful, and I love it here. Um, I have to go back and forth a bit to keep up with my family, but I'm I'm loving it here, and I, I just love it here. The people are so beautiful. The food is so beautiful. The beach is so beautiful. This, they have, you know, the sargassum, which is, I guess, kind of like a seaweed or something that comes, and they say every three years it's really, really bad. Well, this summer it's bad. So <laughs> they, they do a good job of cleaning it and sweeping it every day like the big tractors and stuff but some days it's like Megan's last day the other day it was gorgeous crystal <laughs> green water and then the next day piled high sargassum that reeks so it just got to get past the next couple of weeks of this ugly smell but it's still a beautiful place oh so it smells okay so it it's like these tractors really come along the sun stinks it up like it's putrid. oh it like cooks it oh okay it's <laughs> awful it's awful but let me clarify one thing like if you are used to Texas port cities, like if you go to Corpus or Galveston or Port A, 
when the sargassum is bad in Mexico, it smells like Galveston smells all the time. So, <laughs> so, so there's some, <laughs> some first thing. And which is wrong, why we Galveston. didn't go to Galveston. <laughs> right. Look, right, love, which is why you didn't so, know. I do love no, Galveston. I'm just kidding. Galveston's a blast, but we like it here. Okay. Hannah, how have you been? But you, I've, I've been also really, really busy. Um, so I'm spending most of the summer in Houston. Uh, helping a friend fix their house up to to sell. So, uh, I mean, we've talked about this on the show before that like I kind of, I've done this on and off. Like I flip houses on and off, you know, for 10 years or so, 10, 15 years. Um, so that's basically what I've been up to. So while y'all were living the life on the beach in Mexico, I was stripping wallpaper and painting. Yay. <laughs> I'm not salty. You're salty. <laughs> no, but I mean, it's keeping me busy. It's fun. Um, I get to see some of my Houston peeps. So, you know, here we are middle of middle of July. Check it along. Very cool. Yeah, it's great. But it wasn't near as fun as Omaha. <laughs> yes, tell us about Omaha. Omaha. She followed along on Twitter. Uh, Megan and Hannah went to <laughs> Omaha for the College World Series because the Longhorns were there. And they put up a hell of a fight. And so did Hannah and Megan. Tell us. <laughs> tell us <about> <laughs> Listen, my friend that we stayed with, is still finding glitter in the most ridiculous of places. For those that, that don't know, like I tend to use burnt orange glitter. It, it started off as kind of a chaotic evil thing that I did uh, at away games, football or baseball. I would take like a little handful of burnt orange glitter and walk behind opposing teams fans and like gently fairy dust them with burnt orange glitter <laughs> so that they would have <laughs> it for the whole game. Yeah, all a good foot out, absolutely. And then, you know, I started putting on the glitter and wearing that and it became a thing and the glitter became good juju. And so now, to much to the chagrin of anybody that I am around or stay with, I am basically like a floating cloud of freaking burn orange glitter. <laughs> so it's everywhere. I mean, Omaha's my jams, man. I, I definitely, I started going, of course, when, when Texas would make it. And then um, it became so much fun that I go to Omaha every chance I get, even if Texas isn't there. So I'm going to default Hannah. What did you think of your very first trip to Omaha? And was it everything you hoped it could be? It was everything and more. Of course it's a blast. Like when your team's playing, but just the atmosphere, just the, the, it, it, it's a big cool party, not like wild, like raging, like insane party. We literally drank Megan right from about, 10 a.m. every day until we went to bed like after midnight oh, um yeah. it was one of those days but like oh but it's cool it's it's just so fun I will say this as far as like the 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 sporting event itself I saw somebody say on Twitter I think while we were there that it is the most underrated sporting event in American oh, sports great. like underrated especially as a yeah. fan and that everybody needs to go at least once. And I'm like, like, I could not punch white harder than, than, than I, you know, could, but like, I, I would have to completely agree because it was, it, it, it it's magical. There's just something about it. Yeah. It's just, you know, it, it's America sports, America's pastime. And like, you just, it, well, and I think just the game experience itself is, is completely different. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely different now that it's not in Rosenblatt, right? right? Like different feel, but you get a, a bunch of incredible fans from around the nation that just understand they're there for the sport. They understand what it's about. You, you know, we saw people there that like whose teams weren't in the tournament. Weren't oh yeah. All over the place. Ever All over the place. They, they go because they love baseball and they love the college world series. And yeah. I'm, we'll probably be that person from here on out too. So <laughs> yeah, it's basically a big ass block party that, that last several weeks, you know, folks are having a great time with it. And um, yeah, it's just a fun atmosphere. It's hard to, hard to describe, but definitely magical. You know, you bounce around all the areas, the restaurants and the um, and, and the bars, of course, all around and people are out just having a great time and the players, families, you run into, you know, former players, you, you get photo bombed. Right? Yeah. Let me just say this super shout out to the city of Omaha. If you've never been to Nebraska, or if you've never been to Omaha, like don't knock it until you go, because it's actually a really 
cool, like happening, happening city. It's beautiful. It's pretty there. They've got a lot of cool stuff. They've got culture. They've got restaurants and bars and like they've created a really fun central like location where you can walk to all of this stuff. And like, it's, it's, Way to go, Maha. I see you. Yeah, it's a good time, man. And wow, Maha. Watch, yeah, wow, you, you get to, to watch a bunch of great baseball. Um, it's the best of the best there. Now, there was definitely some controversy while we were there with NC State getting knocked out because they got tested. Several of their players tested positive for COVID. Um, but the big caveat, right, was that teams who were vaccinated were not getting tested. So there's a huge, you know, uproar over that. Vandy, you know, a lot of folks were saying Vandy got it handed to him. The path was really clear because they didn't have to play NC State. And NC State was just like killing it. And while I do feel bad for the athletes, I, you know, it sucks to make it that far and then get taken out by a test, right? Like, in my opinion, all you had to do was get vaccinated. You know, whether you 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 like it or, or don't like it, man, if it were me and I were that athlete, I would be, listen, I'm here for the sport and it betters our chances. So hell yeah, let's do this and, and not worry about it. So there was a lot of controversy around, you know, surrounding that, but you know, then Mississippi state came in and just whooped up on Vandy. You know, it looked like Vandy was going to run away with it after that first game and Mississippi state came back. <laughs> yeah. took the last yep. two and, and it was really an impressive series with some really damn good baseball. Again, if, if y'all haven't, y'all haven't had the opportunity to make it up to Omaha, I really, really highly recommend it. It is yeah. incredible. Can also give a shout out to your tailgate hosts there. Absolutely. Yes. Paulo, Paulo Flores yeah. and Jamie, you guys are all stars. Ballers. I'm just all stars. Yeah. They listen. rock. I can't wait for them to come visit us in Austin this fall. So yeah. we're going to show them a good time. Yeah, it's what I love about sports. You can connect with folks all around, all around the world, uh, with our common love. And we met some amazing humans. So it was a, it was a ton of fun, man. Like, again, I think I'm still my liver's still recovering from Omaha, but mm-hmm. it was it was mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah, so, and, you know, Texas ended up. It's it's been pretty great. You know, we we made the exit. Uh, ended up number three in the postseason right. polls. Um, now some of them have us because of transfers, and you got to love that portal. And just the nature of baseball itself. Yeah, some of us are, some polls are putting Texas at number one preseason, which makes me nervous. You know, I'd rather be the underdog and come up through, but you got to love what David Pierce is building down in Austin, man. It's it's pretty incredible watching this team where just a few short years ago, we, we ended up as a 500 club. So he's really turned it around. Tulo has it vastly improved our hitting. And so we've really, it really feels like we've got all the pieces. Uh, you know, we are losing a few key players. Zubia is finally. <laughs> we've really enjoyed that. That He's been that like the Jordan Shipley of baseball. <laughs> right. But, uh, but listen, we've got a lot of the young guys that are playing, uh, playing USA baseball and playing club baseball right now. Uh, Dylan Campbell, man, I want to give him a shout out. He's, he's really doing well in summer ball and uh, had a couple of home runs the other day, three hits and two of them were home runs. So it's exciting to see the players that are coming up through the system. And, and I'm really looking forward to, to what Pierce and the staff can do with them. I'm looking for that 2022 season. So. You said, Megan, we do lose a few key players, but we're like overall, like a really young team. We're returning most of them. So hell, like if, if they accomplish this and like we've got a lot of like freshmen and sophomores on the team, then like the sky is literally the limit. And we could be saying, I don't want to get too jumpy about this, but like a dynasty. Yes. I know that we weren't. Pierce is like building his own. I would argue that Texas is already there. 37 college world series. Appearances. No, 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 I'm saying for Pierce himself. Yeah, like you were talking about what Pierce is building. Like a little he's bit of a role. That would be, yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like go on a good run. So Pierce is like creating his own little, own little nook in Texas baseball history. So I had a blast this season at all the games. It was a lot of fun. And a quick, you mentioned Megan about players that came through Texas. I would like to say, uh, can we give a quick shout out to Trace Barrera in the major leagues? Oh Oh, my goodness. Right. He got this play. Was it 4th of July? He got to come out and play his first game. And then a couple nights ago, he had like a tr- two run triple or something. It was, I'm, I'm excited for him. Yeah. He is. He's getting his RBIs, man. He's getting some hits. He's, he's, it, it seems like he's doing really well. It's exciting to, to watch him coming up and uh, yeah. 
Got to love him with the Nationals, man. Good job. All right, you're back. Now that you're sober, we can record again. <laughs> I know. And then, yeah, and then Megan was here in Mexico, and we we totally stayed sober the whole week. Absolutely. No. All right. So <laughs> let's let's move on. So we also wanted to talk about national image and likeness, right? That happened in, since we last talked. And uh, July 1st, Texas, yeah. it's now cleared in Texas for the student athletes, all the sports, men and women um, can now make money off their name, their image and their likeness. What are you seeing already? Man, it is the wild west out there. I uh, First of all, let me say I'm all for it. I think the NIL is long overdue. Um, it, it's something that our athletes, yeah, should should certainly be able to profit on their own name and the hard work that they've put in. But I'll tell you, it's kind of a clusterfuck right now because the NCAA fought it for so long and so long. And eventually, you know, everybody thought there was going to be kind of a contingency plan if the NCAA didn't win, which is how it was trending for the past few years. But no, no, of course not. NCAA said, nah, whatever, forget it. You guys figure it out on your own. Go by your own state's laws, which there's 50 different state laws on this Mm -hmm. on NIL. So right now, I think it is absolute chaos for compliance. I think it's going to, you know, we're going to see some, some trouble popping up uh, just with the vast disparities between the different state laws. You know, I mean, hell, look at Oregon coming out of the gate like crazy. Um, They don't necessarily have the restrictions that some other states do. Um, And of course, Phil McKnight is ready to open that. That 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 Nike money. Oh my God. They're giving you contracts. Right. And look, we've had this conversation offline, but if I'm Del Conte, I, I, Texas is a big moneymaker for Nike. Right. And if I'm Del Conte, I walk to Nike and say, look, we want to see what, what your thoughts are and bring it to the table. And how can we make this work for our athletes? Because we bring you a ton of money and, you know, then shop around, man. Like, any other brand would be thrilled to have Texas under their umbrella. Just yeah. we are the yeah, powerhouse with something about being a Nike school. There is, there is. You know, but there, yeah, Adidas or New Balance or somebody else might come with more money, but there's something about being a Nike school with the recruits. But if Nike's throwing that money behind NIL to help out Oregon with recruiting. Oh, you no, know, they need that, to throw it behind Texas too. But, you know, that's the right. home school for them. Um, but like we do right. have people like w- w- some one of our buddies, last Dan Hats, friend of the show, right? He's got a few players listed on his site now with their own clothing lines. Bijan Robinson now has raising canes. Did you see that on his Instagram? He I, I uh, saw that on Instagram, Instagram and I was like, oh, hey, I'm gonna go eat some canes. Bijan for him, then they are missing a damn opportunity. And Who? I know raising canes has their own. If they don't make a Bijan D, like they're missing an opportunity. (laughs) Okay, so can I have some some Bijan mustard? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. All right. So the big one right now that a lot of players and athletes are are taking advantage of is Cameo, where you can pay, you know, fifty bucks, a hundred bucks, and they will send a personalized video or audio message to you. Thoughts? Phone call or apparently whatever. It's quick and easy. I like it. <laughs> it's expedited. So here, here's some greats. For um, 55 bucks, you can have Bijan, Hannah. He can come wish you happy birthday. Or I'm not paying myself because that would be sad. Listen, I'm all good with that. Dicker the Kicker is awesome. Oh, I think okay. that- I'd pay that twice for Cameron Dicker to Hell birthday. Yeah. Happy birthday, Megan. <laughs> <laughs> be amazing. O- only if I got the, the OU eyebrow wiggle, right? Of course. Yeah. You know, so one of the things that's come up, that's kind of a question with Texas, at least the Texas rules, you know, Abbott thought he was being super sneaky with this, but did y'all know that technically by Texas law, a booster, a text, a university of Texas booster, a school booster cannot buy a student athlete merchandise, cannot directly support student athlete merchandise. Now where that gets dicey y'all is if you are season ticket holders for the university of Texas, you are considered a booster. So let that sink in for a second. Technically, if they were going to go after this, any season ticket holder that buys or supports student athletes through NIL could potentially get in trouble. Now, how do you track that? How do you track? How do you keep who bought a T-shirt? 
what booster, what season ticket holder bought a t-shirt or did a cameo? How do you track that? That that's where I think NIL is going to turn into an absolute train wreck of trying to, of compliance, just trying to keep track of everything. Um, and I think we will see, hopefully we'll see some overreaching broad, uh, you know, measures, or at least some rules put in place that go across the nation rather than this is one of the problems that comes in when you've got the state by state rules. Right. Like there needs to be like consistency throughout for sure, because of like that. And then some schools be a lot more lax about certain things, you know, I'm sure like probably the smaller ones that don't have to worry about it so much. But so I do have a question. I kind of want to post y'all. How do you see this NIL thing affecting like you know, the schools that have a little bit more reputation for buying players and like sliding, you know what I mean? Like, like those things, like, because it is and now they're like, it, it kind of puts certain things out in the open a little bit more, but it also provides more, um, more excuses for them to like, or, or like, I guess, alibis for them to like slough it off on. Yeah, again, again, don't have to hide in the shadows anymore. They can. Yeah, exactly. but it is going to infect that. Like it, it's going to affect, you know, suddenly, like, I can go make money somewhere else and not have to be bought at yada, yada, yada. I agree. The only difference is it's over the table now. That's the only difference is they can blast it on social media that they just gave a kid this much money, as opposed to we know the duffel bags waiting in the. Well, I, I, think, <laughs> I think you're still going to see them using. I don't think they're straight up going to be like, we just wrote this kid a check. Oh, no, right? but I'm saying but they can now. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Well, and not everywhere. Again, that's, yeah. that's something that you have to get creative with, you know, Red McCombs, D chips can't go in the Moody's can't go in and publicly straight up just cut checks or buy merch for the kids. Right. Mm-hmm. So again, that's in Texas. This is where I think it's going to get really interesting. Every single state is different. So for the first few years, it, I think it's going to be a shit show, just absolute shit show. We're going to see kind of a free for all. If you want my honest kind of cynical opinion, I think we're going to see a lot of student athletes getting taken advantage of just right mm-hmm. off that. Right. Agree. Because, because, you know, again, folks are in it. The kids will profit, but some of the things, you know, I've, I've talked to some compliance friends about some of the things that not all the athletes are thinking about and not all of the schools are prepared or can advise about. For example, if a student athlete gets a sponsorship and they're bringing in, let's say, $5,000 a year, right? Well, now that could jeopardize a Pell Grant for them, right? Mm -hmm. So, and what they may not be thinking of initially is that now disqualifies them for the $10,000 Pell Grant that they were getting, right? So it's net loss for the student athlete. And I don't know how many schools or places are really advising these kids on that and looking at that. So Initially, a little bit cynically, I think we're going to see just, again, like the Wild West out there and it's going to be kind of bananas and we'll see some really flagrant stuff initially. Uh, And I think we're going to see some student athletes going, oh, shit, this might not have been the best choice for me to make without that advising. But I do I do think it's going to even out. So in these first few years, I think you're going to see the schools with a lot of money and a lot of recognition and a lot of big name boosters benefiting from it. Again, Oregon is a great example of what's happening right now. I think the first few years, yeah, you're going to see that. Um, But I do think we're going to see it kind of even out and taper out once things kind of settle and we figure out what's what. Um, I also think this is a huge opportunity for like the, the historically black colleges, right? Like there's a ton of people that support them. And I think we're going to start to see they've got an advantage now to bring some of those bigger name athletes to the smaller schools where they can really shine and, and, and do a lot of good. So yeah, man, I think you're going to see it even out eventually, but these first couple of years, I think there's going to be a lot of disparities, Hannah, to your point. Yeah. There's going to be a lot of like, I guess, like sacrificial lamb cases where there's going to be something that happens and it's going to be a huge deal. And then it's going to be like made an example of like, we're going to learn from it, move on, but like, you know, kind of sucks for the athlete or the school or whoever's involved because yeah, they were made the example of why we don't do this or whatever, you know what I mean? So it's, um, it's it's overwhelming. It's a bit much. One of the, one of the good things we've seen coming from it though, already, I think is some of the athletes who weren't even allowed to easily raise money for charities or use their name to promote, you know, 
places that need funds. We've seen some athletes like Andrew Jones, you know, he's right away raising money for charities and his organization too. And so now we've, we've seen athletes come together. Now they can easily show up and use their name and image to for good raise too. money yeah. for good causes. And that's, well, what one, that's a plus that's happening. Hopefully it'll expedite things like that. It's completely for a good cause and, and stuff like that. That was kind of unfortunate the way things were before. Well, you know? I know, again, shout out to Topa, uh, Tope. Tope Ahmad mm-hmm. is doing some great stuff. I, you know, he's organizing brunch with the bigs, right? I love that, man. I love as a unit, these guys are coming together, um, you know, as a group, as the O-line. Like, I, I think that's just a great idea. And Hannah, like you were saying, they're raising money for charity and good causes and scholarships for other kids. Like, that's an amazing feat. That's an, a really neat thing that they're doing. So, yeah, I think NIL in this sense is opening up a great opportunity for kids to, to do good and do better things. I, and I, I do, right. I think that's a, that's a positive that's going to come out of this for sure. For sure. For sure. It's fine. I can't wait for Bijan Bijan. I will buy it in like in gallons. <laughs> so let me ask you this. Of course, we know that Bijan is number one in our hearts. We're seeing uh, some of the, the, the preseason polls coming out, the preseason, all big 12 Texas with only two players. Bijan being one of them and Jameson being the other. What are your, what are y'all's thoughts on that? I agree with both, both choices. I just kind of surprised that we don't have more on more kids on the, uh, the preseason, like all big 12. I don't know. Why, why aren't we seeing any more of our, our, our DVs or like, our you know, where's the line? Where's the line? Like, where is he? You know, I, I think that we could have, we should have gotten at least, Two more mentions, maybe, maybe, right? Right. Well, Oklahoma had nine players between offense, defense, special teams. Iowa State with eight. I mean, yeah. even Tech had more than Texas. I, I mean, player for player, I wouldn't take Tech's roster over Texas's, but I mean, you know, it's just like they have, you know, OU, of course, picked number one. Why not? They always win it. Iowa State competitive, of course, number two. And they love that roster. Texas at three. I'm not even mad at that because until you prove you're better than those two, that's probably where you belong. Until exactly. And that's kind of where I'm thinking, like, that has to be it. Like, until we can, like, prove ourselves. And we've got a lot of returning starters coming back. Like, we didn't lose just a whole lot. Until we can put up or shut up, it's it's going to be like that. And I'm, I'm, I'm okay with it, you know? Yeah. I, look, I have no problem where Texas is sitting with, with the, the, preseason polls and oh we're at number three in the big 12 I I agree put up or shut up we haven't shown right we've got to go out and win winning solves everything what I don't agree with and what really shocked me how are you going to have Texas at number three in the big 12 and yet in the coaches poll you're going to have at number eight they're putting (laughs) coach Sark at number eight out of ten the only two coaches that are behind Sark in this coaches poll are Nine, Matt Wells with Texas Tech and Dave Aranda at Baylor at number 10. But you've got the likes of Lincoln Riley. Okay, man, we Lance all know. Leopold Riley. higher than right. Stark. Thank you. How are you going to throw Lance Leopold? And Chris Kleinman at K-State, all right, I'll give him some. They consistently do more with less at K-State, but K-State's been kind of trashed the past while. Granted, yeah. they've beat OU a few times and shocked everybody Ooh, with that. Oh, yep, they did. But I, and, and I've got to think the only reason Sark is that low because he's brand new. He's unproven right now, right? As a head coach, he was wobbly as a head coach with USC. Um, we all know about his past problems. We all believe he's completely past that and excited and are, are supporting him. But there's not a lot of history there with the head coach. I mean, he was doing great things at Washington, then went to USC. USC was kind of a train wreck. And then he's been, you know, a su- support staff beyond that. So, that's the only reason I can think of to put him that low, but it still shocked me to see the, the likes of Kansas's coach ahead of us. Cause again, he hasn't had much head coach experience. He's, he's been a support staff as well. So I don't know y'all. What, what do you think about that? All right. I'll say, I think it matters more going into his third year. If he's still the eighth worst coach yeah. in the, in the big 12, it's like Texas being coming in third, whatever, just these preseason polls are just to have conversations and just to get people riled up and talking, but, and it's all based off 
pieces of past and some r- weird predictions, right? So and biases. Let's just go ahead and throw that oh, out there. Really, though, biases. like it, this is all just conjecture at this point. There's so many unknowns still. Like he still has not played a or like coached a single game at the University of Texas or for the University of Texas. So I mean, I, I'm not. I'm not mad that they put it there. I'm a little, if anything, it kind of gives me a chip on my shoulder. Like, okay, I hope he comes in and says, I see you. All right. All right. Frankly, I don't think Sark gives two shits about preseason Mm -hmm. polls or coaching polls or things like that. What I can say though, is it really does seem like this team is meshing in a way that it hasn't in a long time. We see agent zero out there, good old overshone talking, saying that there's a chemistry, you know, that this, this coaching staff is all about chemistry and that it's all about the guys getting together and really clicking and overshone is saying, yeah, man, we're, we're a team like we've never been. And I think that's going to be the key. The culture really is changing. And I think that's going to be key to success with Texas is our guys got to like each other. Our guys got to get out there and play for each other. And then of course we want the best guys on the field. So I agree with that. Like it, it, it's a burr under our saddle, right? It's a, a thing that the fans like to get riled up and God knows we don't have a whole lot else to talk about in off season. So we're going to bitch about preseason coaching polls. Guilty. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah. When it comes down to it, just win and nothing else matters. Right? right. Real quick on the heels of that. I do have a question for y'all. Jake Smith transferring to USC. Yeah. The university of Texas at Los Angeles at Los Angeles. Yeah. yeah. He, he, he joined the mass exodus of guys like going there. thoughts on that Good real quick. Him. Good for him. Yeah. I mean, he is from Arizona, kind of a PAC 12 West coast vibe anyway. I mean, I wish him the best. I'm sorry. Yeah. He was plagued with injuries. I'm sorry. The plant, the coaching didn't fit what he needed the last year or so. I, I wish him the best. I, all the, he, he wanted to be a longhorn. I think he really did. When you start the first day of summer of, of spring camp and you, you know, injure your leg, <laughs> It's it's kind of, I, I, it's unfortunate the way it worked it's out for Texas. Yeah. You did want to be a Longhorn, and you know I think he did some great things for UT. But Rocky, kind of like you're saying, I I won't ever begrudge a kid for for moving on to where he thinks he can find a better fit. You know, I wish him the best of luck. I hope he does well. I hope if we end up playing USC for whatever that we beat the shit out of him. But beyond that, you know, I, I wish him the best of luck and hope he he finds happiness where he's at. Right. And we have sure. a connection, you know, Brian Carrington, our buddy, he's there. Todd Orlando's there. And then like four or five Longhorns already gone. Over right. so good. good for yeah. Them. They found yeah. out. He, he never slandered the University of Texas or there was no like yeah. no rumors of any sort of drama behind the scenes or whatever. So, yeah, I mean, like you kind of have to treat it as a business decision. Like he like moved on to something that he felt like would benefit himself. And then the program he's going to more and then you don't want a guy on your roster you know for us that feels for whatever reason that he's not the best fit so yeah I want I players that want to play for Texas let's, let's wish him the best luck and not think ill will of him but let's move on because we've got other great kids playing for our team so schools all the time some of them just happen to play football so right. right we'll move on now to olympics yay summer yeah. olympics summer 2020 is happening in 2021 july 23rd the olympics kick off it lasts i guess too long a little over two weeks till august 8th we did we did a little research because we we're going to talk about the longhorns in the olympics the longhorns have 143 medals in the olympics you know Past and current Longhorns, right? 143 medals, most of them gold. The next <laughs> closest university school in Texas, so Longhorns have 143. The next closest is 16, the Aggies, 13, Baylor, 10, Texas Tech. So it's it's a whole other realm, right? If you want to be an Olympian in the state of Texas, you go to the University of Texas. Or like a lot of them, you go to USC and Notre Dame because uh, a lot of them went there. <laughs> Right. We don't, yeah, so we don't necessarily go right to now, right now. Okay. Lots of longhorns, Ariel Atkins, Kevin Durant. We all know Kat Osterman's back. Lots of swimmers and divers, but I think kind of the star longhorn star right now is Tara Davis. Absolutely. Gotta love her energy and yes. you know, her rocking the cowboy boots and the hat on the track. With you know, her horns up. Up. The horns up, man. You got to love that. And she's, I, again, I think she's going to be a great ambassador uh, for the university of Texas. She did everything that she came to do when she was at UT broke records, won medals, you know, won championships. 
So I, I love that she's out there proud to be a Longhorn proud graduate, you know, and moving on to the Olympics and repping our country with her horns high. I think that's amazing. Uh, it's, she's really fun to watch again for those that haven't watched a lot of track and field, just keep your eye on, on her. Cause she is incredible. Just her energy is amazing. She's a triple jumper and she's like making waves and she see the Olympics are seemingly happening at like kind of the higher point of her career, you know, like she's on the rise for sure. So It'll be really interesting to see what she what she does. And her boyfriend are so cute. For y'all that don't know, like he actually goes to Arkansas, but he's a para-Olympian. Mm-hmm. He had his um, uh, legs right below the knee, right? Amputated when he was like a baby. And so he's become a track and field star in his own right and has kind of like carved a place for, for para-Olympians. And I think that it is amazing what he's done so yes. gotta wish him the, he's, he's no longhorn but we will wish him the best of luck also. of course yeah he's still an American you gotta love USA the, the Olympian couple you know the I think of course of Sonia Richards Ross and Aaron uh, you know I I think it's pretty amazing to to see couples like that that are just like rock stars in their own sports and yeah but especially for what he's doing and like what he's representing like he is a, he's a rock star period and he doesn't even like have half of his leg, like her legs. So <laughs> like, I, I think, uh, you know, I mean, no, really though. Like we need some more role models for people who are, who are quote, oh, like different obstacles. Yes. Yeah, and like, I think I look, man, athletes are athletes. And I think it's incredible. Like, bingo. Yeah. Olympian for sure. period, so I think it's pretty awesome. I'm having Olympic withdrawals. I love the Olympics. I love them. I, I'm kind of an Olympic junkie. I find myself watching all these sports that I would never normally watch. Oh, and break dancing, like we said, it's coming yeah, back. Yeah, break fun. dancing in Paris 2024. Break dancing's going to be like, a bit. I'm, I'm the person that has it on 24-7 during the Olympics. Like, oh, just yeah. on. Like, I don't care if I'm watching, like, curling or, you know, whatever these obscure things yeah. that you wouldn't normally find. Like, but yeah, I I, break dancing now. <laughs> I don't know. So when, when it comes to be an event, it's going to be 1v1 battles, all right? You're going to have 1v1 battles with B-boy battles or B-girl battles or whatever. Five judges are going to, are going to judge creativity, personality, technique, variety, performativity, and musicality. You're okay, going to have okay. 1v1 breakdance battles with someone. I can't I'm going to hold it up right there. What is musicality? You know, like when, I, when the look. music goes boom and you do the death drop, you know, like you hit those points of the music and you make your moves. Is that not creativity? Look, is I, that not choreography? Yeah, I don't pretend to understand. When you, when you can make your moves hit and drop and go with the music, that's, I don't know. I think that's exciting. So it's choreography yeah. emphasizing the music. I, I guess I don't yeah. know. I'm not, I'm, I guess, right? I'm, like we don't I'm, know. I'm, I'm work my idea. judging skills for this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Rocky. We're gonna Rocky, make- I expect. Our, yeah. Yes, you're going to be the fire yeah. the cannon resident breakdancing breakdancing professional and expert. If spectators were allowed in Japan, I would probably go. So I went to, I went <laughs> oh, yeah. to the World Cup. Well, I went to the World Cup in Japan in 2019, Rugby World Cup. And a lot of these arenas and stadiums are the ones that they're using for the Olympics, of course. Some are fantastically new, some are renovated, and or some are just um, epic, like what do you call them, classic stadiums there. But the way like to get around everything is high-speed train, high-speed, yeah, subways and trains, metros, all that. And it is, mm-hmm. an inc- everything is so organized and so clean and so perfect. And I was really excited for people to get to go, especially the families of the Olympians, to go experience Japan as a sporting country, as a place that hosts events. Because, okay, so there's 67 sports in the Olympics. 46 are going to be some in the summer or something like that. 42 different mm-hmm. venues all over Japan. It's going to be amazing. I'm excited. So I hope I, I'm going to still going to watch. I mean, how many the best part how many? of that is going to be their opening ceremony. I cannot wait to see what Japan does for the opening ceremony. That's going to be bad. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Do you think it's going to change the vibe without spectators, though? How does Absolutely. that change it for the Olympians? How does it change it for the Olympics? What do you all think? I think like Rocky was saying, the opening ceremonies without spectators is going to be just Weird. I'll just say it. Just weird. Weird. I don't. I don't know. If, I mean, especially here in the U.S., we lived pretty much a year um, with at 
most like limited spectators. So I think watching it on TV with no spectators will be less weird, except for the opening ceremony. That'll be weird. What it's do you think, Rocky? Oftentimes they use this, the crowd as part of the opening ceremony. You know, they'll hold up signs, right. be part of mm-hmm. lighting, or they'll use the crowd for it. So they have to take that element out. But especially given it an extra year and then just Japan being so like the lighting and the tech and the, the science yeah. and the creativity they can put into just going into a market. I can't even imagine what they're going to do going into the Olympics. Like it's, it's going to be, it's going to be amazing. I'm excited to see what they do. What events are you guys looking forward to the most? Sports. Sports. Yeah. What, what's your favorite um, summer Olympics? Um, gymnastics. Yes. Uh, hello. Hello. Being the former gymnast I am, like I've obviously kept up with this sport, like since I was like a small child, it's always a highlight of my Olympics. I think it's a highlight for most people's Olympics, to be honest. Like it's one of them, like the big draws to the Olympics mm-hmm. is gymnastics. So of course I am ready for Simone to go in and do her thing and be amazing and be the superstar that she is. But, um, other than that, like I, I love track and field. Those are fun. Um, Swimming, diving, because we're longhorns. We've got quite a bit of people that have represented us well in those sports over the years. So, Megan, what about you? Yeah, I mean, definitely gymnastics is a ton of fun. I, I like watching track. I like watching the sprints. Um, those are those are my favorite. Men's 100 sports. is my favorite event, like track and field event, just because it's like balls to the wall. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's a lot yeah. of fun. And it's just insane how fast human beings can be. Yes. And I love like uh, the thing that they started adding that, you know, the past few Olympics that I love is like the real time metrics, right? The real time mm-hmm. stats and like, oh, you know, these athletes are running this fast. This is the miles per hour. And I think that's just mind blowing to watch as it's unfolding and happening. Um, you know, I know this sounds silly, but I love like, I love a lot of the other things like the shooting. I think it's fun. I think it's kind of cool to see. The one where they run and shoot and run and shoot. Yeah, like that shit's hard, man. I think that's so impressive. They do that. They do that in the winter on skis. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Ski and shoot. Yeah, and like, I think that's a a lot of fun to to catch. Um, But yeah, I, I think there's track and field for me is probably, I mean, gymnastics is definitely way up there. Track and field. Um, I I'm, I'm super excited about, and again, yeah, Hannah, like you said, swimming, I mean, it's the big, the big three that I think Americans tune in for. Um, of course I'm excited for basketball too, just cause I think it's great. I, I understand it a lot more. <laughs> so I think it's, it's fun to watch. And of course I want to see Katie just like going in rec shop. Um, but it's neat to see a lot of the NBA stars that we know and are familiar with mm-hmm. that go play for different countries. Our you know? dream team. Kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Right. Well, yeah. well, like the ones that like play in the NBA that are from other places go home and represent their country. Right. That's like, cool. that, that's fun. Yeah. I loved wanting yeah, to know for like, sure. Argentina every, every Olympics back in the day. Well, so, that happens with baseball also. Yeah. And I'll even yeah, like, diving longhorns. We have longhorns who are competing with Jamaica and competing with um, the Netherlands or, or other countries that they have, you know, dual citizenship or that's where they're originally from. They can, they're longhorns competing for other countries. That's pretty cool too. Um, for their home countries. And I think that's really special too. Rugby. Sevens rugby is in the Olympics. Sevens rugby is so fast. So it's seven on seven. They only play seven minute halves. So 14 minutes, they're in and out. So it goes by so fast. It's so exciting. And you'll have the same scores as a regular rugby game. So it could be three, zero or 52, 48. Like you can have in all in that short time, any real rugby score. And I really, I love the gymnastics, but I think probably my favorite has become the women's soccer. Um, Watching the women play soccer has become like must stop watch the women play um i love it they play they're in group g so they have sweden new zealand australia of course they're always favorites the thing that's really weird is japan okay they're 14 hours ahead of us so when they're playing prime time there for us it's 3 a.m 4 a.m so we'll have to wake up in the middle of the night and watch but that does a lot of their morning events will get us the night before prime time so that's right they'll even out I'm excited. No, yeah, I agree. Soccer is a ton of fun to watch. And I have to say, I think the women's soccer teams are more exciting than the men's. I think seeing that trending, I, I'm excited to watch it too. That'll be a lot of fun. 
Uh, I'm looking for when the yeah. men play, but I don't see them on the, no, I'm just kidding. They didn't make it. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Just so, kidding. All right, let me ask you this. <laughs> so we've got our favorites. We, yeah. we know what we like to watch. What do y'all think about the weed drama coming oh, in? There the you, oh, there you go. I thought Emmanuel Ocho made the best point. He's like, you know what? It's really sad that in 2021, they're, not letting somebody participate because of weed. He's like, it's also sad that you know that they're going to test for this and you decided to do it anyway. It's dumb either way. I agree with that sentiment. Like, I I think it's bullshit that she's not able to represent the U.S. We're, right. Shikari Richardson. We're talking about Shikari Richardson. Yeah. She's yeah. the fastest hum- like woman on earth. Yeah. yeah. I, and... You know, I think we're seeing a lot of ugly things come out. Can we talk about Michael Phelps for just a hot minute, please? Oh, who lived on weed? Taking athletes out. If we're going to talk about taking athletes out, Olympians out that smoke a lot of weed, why is Michael Phelps, you know, why was he allowed? That's where I struggle is I do understand, like, yes, rules are rules. Even if they're stupid ass rules, you still should follow stupid ass rules. But there's no consistency there, right? Great. why is she getting tested and Phelps wasn't? Why, you know, I, I, if you're going to use these stupid ass rules, be consistent all the way across. So that's where I have the bigger issue. And this feels like everything seems sometimes it feels like it's going a little bit back towards race, um, you know, and, and or gender types. Yeah. Race. And I mean, it just the stereotypes that are there. So I'm frustrated. I hope, you know, my heart breaks for her. I hope this is a wake up call for these rules to start to change, especially as they're changing across nations, you know, weed is becoming decriminalized in a lot of places. So yeah, I I do hope that the Olympic committee steps up and says, Hey, this is fucking stupid. This isn't going to be a rule anymore. It's legal in a lot of these countries and a lot of the States here. And it's not a a performance enhancer. That's what make you faster. This was enhancing her performance. If anything, it like detriments her performance. Like, like the fact that she can still run that fast. Like maybe it mellows her out. Maybe it like takes. No, no, no. Again, whatever. But that was supposed to be a joke. But like, basically, yeah, it's more of a mellower, more of like a like a, you know, subduer than it would be an enhancer. And she's still fucking fast. So, Rocky, what are your thoughts? You you were jumping in. Oh, I was just gonna say, I I completely agree that. I, I'm not a weed smoker, but I have no problem with other people doing their own thing. That doesn't affect me. The rule is dumb that a product that does not enhance your performance is so banned and, and it's inconsistently, like you mentioned a minute ago, it's inconsistently applied to different athletes for whatever reasons. Right. That is stupid. However, them's the rules right? Those are the rules. And if I, if my life dream and my life's work and we know to be an Olympian and elite athlete at that level, that is her full-time goal in life, right? To, to apply all that, but then knowing I'm probably going to get tested (laughs) and not put it down or whatever, whatever was, I I see both sides, like those are the rules and you knew you're going to get tested. It's a stupid rule. I hope this serves as a catalyst to change that stupid rule. So agree. Heartbreaking. It's really unfortunate, but and it's it also is. shitty the way the media has treated her, bringing up personal shit in her interviews right. and attacking That's her ugly. personally when they don't attack other athletes for the same right. thing. Yeah, exactly. It's, 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 it's right. Well, well, hopefully, folks will still tune in to support our athletes that are representing the U.S. and that are competing. Um, again, I'm excited to 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 watch it all, uh, Hannah. I think that's a great idea. Just keeping it running all the time. And, and of course we'll be obnoxious and we'll be the biggest supporters of sports. We never watch for one time every four years. (laughs) Well, I tell you one of my favorite Olympic moments that I'll always remember, because they like to share the heartwarming stories of some of the Olympics Olympians from around the world. Right. There was an Olympian who was going to swim in some swimming race. And he was from a village in Africa where they don't have fancy pools and platforms to get into these big Olympic sized pools. He was learning to swim in a river and, and met the time swimming in his river in town. Well, when he got to the Olympics, I, I don't want to say this was maybe the China Olympics. Um, when he, Beijing, when he got to the Olympics, the night before the race, they videoed him trying to learn how to go off the Olympic platform, like this, the, to go in for the swimming race. 
he and I'll find this video and post it. The block, the block video. Video. He and I might be screwed up the story, but it was something like this. He was learning the night before how to go into the pool. And some of his fellow Olympians were like showing him how to go into the pool off that platform. Incredible. And yeah, he, sports, he probably came in last out of hundred swimmers, but that's okay because he was an Olympian. That was, that's, right. that's one of my favorite stories ever. It's just, but you're a fucking Olympian. That's crazy. Right. Yeah, I know, I, yeah, no, that's beautiful. His like competitors, like teaching him country. how to like jump in. Yes. Well, and that's what the Olympics are about, right? Is like countries coming together and, and uniting and yeah. support, like representing the different countries and athletes coming together. And like, I love the atmosphere that they show. I love mm-hmm. Rocky exactly to that point. Just the support. Of course, I'm going to be cheesy and bring up like the cool running story and everything, you know, the, the sled goes off the rails, but they pick up the sled and cross. I, it's just incredible. Like, I think that atmosphere is what is inspiring with the Olympics and what keeps people watching and keeps people coming back. doesn't matter how shitty things are. We've got this one moment where the world can come together uh, representing their, their countries, but also having this incredible atmosphere of positivity and support. The humanity behind it is, is, is a really beautiful thing. The story of the guy that got hurt, this was like years and years ago and his dad made sure he finished the race like hours later. Oh yeah. Oh, I, cry every time I see it like and I've seen the replay of it many times like it's just it reminds you in my opinion what the Olympics is is like it reminds you of the humanity and the sportsmanship of sports and those are that that's why we watch it's not to see who like necessarily wins the gold or whatever it's to see humans be great period yeah. you know I, what I mean no that's yeah awesome. that's awesome so, yeah I can't wait yay Beach, beach volleyball, gratuitous butt shots. <laughs> I think that's Ooh. why that's why some people watch too. All right, all right. Humans that be great. great. We up. I think we're all caught up on everything fabulous about wonderful world of sports. But we'll record more often. We have to have an Olympic show soon, and football camp will start soon. And Big Twelve Media Days will wrap that up. So we have still lots to talk about before football kicks off this is probably the most random show we've ever recorded (laughs) (laughs) of course we will we will bring in our wild speculations with preseason meaningless polls we'll get riled up about black uniforms and the color we We got it all y'all we'll talk about everything black uniform we do appreciate y'all listening we love it we do appreciate y'all listening And so we're going to go ahead and sign off on that note. So for now, I'm Megan. I'm Hannah. I'm Rocky. And this is Fire the Cannon.